0: Wow, it sure feels like we're about to become the next France and China could very well become the world's largest, most dominant economy. And the reason is pretty simple. We've screwed up and those screw ups are going to result in major problems for both the near term and frankly, I think the long term future. We're talking a decade here of problems because nobody's willing to actually do what needs to be done. Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's very good to have you here. I am Trish Regan. Portions of today's program are brought to you by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Well, okay. So maybe when I told my mom to buy gold back in the year 2000, that was a better time. It's higher now. But the reality is the trajectory of where we're going with all this debt means there's never been a better time because it's only getting worse as far as the debt, the deficits, and the, the unwillingness of anyone in Washington, D.C. or at the Federal Reserve to own up to any of this. It's why gold looks still pretty attractive, and you should go check it out. Again, portions of today's program are brought to you by Legacy Precious Metals, LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, I want to talk to you about why I think we are running so much risk of falling behind, And a lot of it comes down to our education, our education system, and the the wokeness, if you would. I think we have always been a compassionate country. It's just who we are. We're compassionate people that want to see the best for everyone. I think some of the things that are most essential and critical and fundamental to the American dream happen to be things like opportunity and equal opportunity for everyone. Let's just get that out of the way. I want to be very, very clear. We need to guarantee that in some way, shape, or form. Can't guarantee the outcome. Cannot guarantee the outcome because you get too many variables. But we ought to be doing more to make sure every child in America can can get that leg up. And yet you look at What happened in 2020 and all the schools that were shut down and the kids that didn't have access to laptops in order to go to school over Zoom, they tended to be some of the most poor districts in this country run by none other than Democrats that think that the answer is to just keep on giving handouts as opposed to saying, okay, we need some fundamental changes here. Our society culturally needs to change. Look, I mean go take any study you want. And this doesn't need to be a, a sort of loaded comment in any way, but take any study. I mean, typically kids that come from a two-parent household tend to do better in life. I mean, if you strip out everything else and we, we, we forget about uh, the differences between us, just, just go down to that, that one basic thing, two parents in a house. It helps. You know why it helps? It's, it's really hard raising kids. Believe me, I know you know you need you need two parents in order to do it and yet you look at the the rate of single parenthood of mothers that has just escalated so massively over the last several decades and what you can determine from that is that kids are having less opportunity, frankly, because they don't have as much infrastructure at home. And I think too often the left's answer is, well, the government should be providing that. Well, the government can't provide that. Listen, the the government is not going to tuck your kids in at night or go and take them to a baseball practice on Saturday afternoon. That is where you need parents working together. So we need more encouragement of family and an appreciation, I think, for family. That's one of the basic things. The other thing that you got to think about is education, because we've gotten so obsessed with being politically correct that we've lost sight of teaching kids how to read and write. I mean, the the three R's, that's what you need, reading, writing, and arithmetic, right? Well, not really, three R's. I, I said that to one of my kids the other day, and they looked at me like, what are you talking about? Those don't all begin with R." But you know what I mean. In other words, these are the basics. These are the fundamentals. And we need to teach good character. And we need to teach empathy. And we need to encourage sensitivity and all those things. But we can't do so in the way of everything else. And simultaneously, we cannot teach a kind of intolerance of diversity for different opinions. I mean, and that's what you see right now in these academic institutions, I, I, over and over again, there's a, a, a total sort of we're not going to listen to anything that we don't agree with. And I think that that is going to put the country in some ways behind. You think about it, and I guess as a nation, we've, we've matured. We've matured, and you, you, you realize that some of the things that were so important when we first started out, well, they're less important to people right now. And so that sort of sense of, okay, we're going to have some hard work and we're going to do things to kind of try and get ahead and make our country stronger, that's not as relevant. And it it happens a lot. I mean, you see, for example, wealthy families, right? The the first generation works really hard. Maybe the second generation works really hard. And then you get to the third generation or the fourth generation, they're living off the first and second, and they don't have that same appreciation for work. They don't have the same appreciation for a work ethic, and they just don't really have it. Because, you know, hey, it's, it's easier to go do other things. And, you know, those other things are wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of the arts and, and music and culture and all of those things. But in order for a country to continue its dominance as a hegemonic power in the world, and let's not forget, one of the reasons we're not suffering even further right now is because we are dominant. We're the world's reserve currency. And we're the world's reserve currency for a reason coming out of World War II. Well, we have to be careful not to lose our edge, especially when many other countries are quite willing to gain that edge. I want to share with you These new rankings that came out just recently from a publication out of Britain called the Times Higher Education. And in this, they look at the top 100 universities in the world. And what's sort of surprising here is that the U.S. is falling off the list. Look, we still dominate, don't get me wrong, but we don't have as many universities in that top, top list of the top 100. China, meanwhile, is gaining, gaining a lot of ground because they're hungry. They, they really are. They're hungry and, and they want to succeed. So when you look at this now, you see Oxford is number one, followed by Harvard University, University of Cambridge then, another uh, UK university uh, is there as number three. Then you've got Stanford University, great school course here in the US Out on the West Coast, MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. You got California Institute of Technology, Princeton University, University of California at Berkeley, Yale University, and Imperial College in London. But what's amazing is that the US had 34 institutions this time. And this is down from 43 last time. So but we're back in 2018 when they last did this. So that's kind of a significant plunge. And then you look at mainland China, and that actually increased very significantly from two universities to seven universities. And so what you're seeing overall is that American universities are not as adept and equipped to educate the world in the way that they were in the past. And I have a feeling, just a little hunch, you know, that this has something to do with the wokeness in society. We saw that the, uh, the Wharton School, this is at University of Pennsylvania, excellent business school, Wharton School just came out with a new degree. They're offering a DEI D E I. You know what that means? <laughs> diversity, inclusion. Oh wait, do I have this right? Maybe it's a D I. Hang on one second. I got it right. D E I. Diversity, equity, inclusion. You got it. I mean, so you get it right? Like it, we're we're so focused on the diversity, equity, inclusion stuff that we're forgetting that you actually need to turn out people that are going to be good in business there at the Wharton School of Business. You've got to actually focus on, on science and engineering in ways that will help move this country forward and move us ahead. And China gets this. China absolutely gets this. And they're aggressively trying to make sure that that happens. So in turn, they go to eight universities on this list, up from two in just a short period of time. Well, we see our number of universities decline. That's kind of a big deal. And I think at some point the pendulum will swing and we've got all the sort of know-how to be able to make things better, but we need to get back our edge. We need to get back our willingness to work hard, our willingness to push ahead. That stuff matters. So I've had a special guest here on the um, show for the last... Ten minutes or so, I've been talking to you, and uh, I have him here because I wanted to tell you about a new product that I have found created by naturopathic doctor Dennis Black, and it's something that this little guy—I'll <laughs> show you this little guy. Yeah, yeah, that's you, buddy. This is something that he. Absolutely, positively loves. He sees it right there because I just put it over. Yes, you're gonna get some. You're gonna. He's gonna get some for dinner tonight. I promise. So this is it. It's called rough greens. Let me make sure. Do I have it in the uh, the camera? (laughs) He's 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 just staring at it. If you're listening to this on audio, you're gonna check out my video on YouTube and check it out as well on Rumble. This is a supplement that you just add to, in my case, Fluffy's food. I add this to his food and he loves it. Like he really, really eats his food. He was never like a big eater and he's still not. Like he's just a little guy, right? But I sprinkle a little bit this on it and it is the magic sauce. It is the magic sauce that this little guy loves, that he wants, and he he eats all his food as a result of it. It's the nutritional supplement that helps make sure that he's getting all his essential vitamins. He's getting all his antioxidants. He's getting his digestive energy. Enzymes, he's getting his minerals. You can feel really good about making sure that your dog has what your dog needs to really live a healthy life with Rough Greens. Check them out, roughgreens.com. There's no obligation. The, the first package is totally free. Tot- yeah, totally free, right? I told totally, him he's going to get some. He's going to get some tonight. Um, it's totally free. And all you have to do is pay for shipping. So go over here, check it out. I, I, I think you're gonna like it. I think your dog's gonna like it anyway, and you're gonna like it because your dog likes it, and you're gonna like it because it's good for him or her. So go to roughgreens.com today to check it out. All right, I want to get back to the financial markets right now because UK is really freaking everyone out. My theory on this, and I explained this in yesterday's show, is that we can fix inflation, we can fix it, but it means you know we need to be willing to do this in a real way. We put seven trillion Pumped $7 trillion into this economy since March 2020. Unheard of stuff. That was all that quantitative easing. So we've got to do the reverse right now. And when you do the reverse, you actually have to do it, right? So before we used to buy up mortgage-backed securities and treasuries. Now we get to sell them. We're going to have to sell them. And when we sell them, it's going to take some of this liquidity out of the market. It is also going to cause interest rates to go higher. I mean, you can raise rates, but Paul Volcker knew thanks to Milton Friedman. I don't think a young Paul Volcker knew, but by the time in 1979, when he became chairman of the Federal Reserve, appointed by Jimmy Carter, actually, he knew that he had to do something pretty drastic. And that at the time was to effectively suck all this money out of the system because all that money is what controls that money supply. And Milton Friedman figured this out. That's what controls inflation. So I talked to Charlie a little bit about our current markets as well as what's going on in the UK just a a short time ago. And I want you to hear what he's saying, because this is pretty relevant and and I think helpful. The rescue. How many times can you come to the rescue, Charlie?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the bank of England had any choice in this environment, but to step in because they were in a catastrophic environment where their financial system was on the verge of collapse, much like what happened in 2008 in America in the subprime crisis. So they had to step in ultimately this is a form of quantitative easing. You're buying back government securities and you're stimulating the economy. And ultimately, this puts additional inflationary pressure into their economy, which is unhealthy. But they were in a position where they had to do something. Ultimately, this is not good for their economy. It creates further economic pressure, further pressure on interest rates and inflation.
0: So let me ask you this. Do you think there's any chance, and I should note that Kathy Wood, who is a well-known technology uh, portfolio manager, investor, who's gotten creamed, right, this year because tech is down so badly but had some good years prior to that. She's out there saying that she thinks the Federal Reserve will have no choice but to come to the rescue here in the U.S. Do you foresee that happening, or do you think that Jerome Powell is going to stick to his guns and say, you know what, I meant it, I'm going to be the the Paul Volcker of this generation?
1: I don't follow her rhetoric, and I don't believe that our Federal Reserve is going to come in and stimulate our economy by lowering the increases on the interest rate side or any form of quantitative easing. I think our economy is a lot different than the EU and the UK. I think we have a lot more diversity in our economic base, and in large part, many sectors in our economy are still performing very well, even though we're in a recessionary environment. So I don't think there's a necessity at this point, even though for many people, it's a painful process to go through. I believe our Federal Reserve is going to stay the course. And I think we're going to see further interest rate increases. I think they're committed to getting inflation under control. And that's why I believe ultimately the recession we're in today is prolonged. It's deeper than many recessions we've experienced in the past. And we've got a long road ahead before we see a full recovery.
0: Is there any silver lining for people who want to save, who want to invest? Does this mean interest rates are going higher? I mean, how how should everyday folks be thinking about this right now? Because, I mean, you could say, okay, I'm going to go into the market right now, but it's pretty volatile and, and you are taking on a certain amount of risk. I agree with you. I don't think we've seen the full downside of what's coming. So with that in mind, how do you approach it?
1: So savvy investors have parked a lot of their capital during the last six to nine months in cash, kind of waiting for the absolute bottom in the market to buy back in. And we talked about the bear market trap where we kind of recovered 12 to 15% of the losses that we experienced. And then we had a major correction again and further downward pressure. Now we're below a psychological point. We're at at 29,000 in our markets, below the $30,000 mark, first time in a long time. And so I believe we have a significant amount of further down pressure in our financial markets we have not seen the bottom yet it is not the time to buy back in Um, it is the time to preserve your capital to wait and see how this all plays out both from a federal reserve perspective an interest rate perspective how well our economy is going to respond and also what is going to happen geopolitically with the ukraine russia situation because that is not getting any better in fact it's getting worse and we have more threats there. One big geopolitical event, and that spells major problems for the EU, UK, and potentially the US.
0: I mean, he's right. One more big problem there. And, you know, I I don't know. I mean, we've got a a tough winter ahead. And while you've seen oil prices most recently decline, that's actually as a result of the stronger dollar. Over time, as some of this starts to even out, you're going to be looking at higher and higher oil prices, quite possibly $100 a barrel as we get into this cold winter. And the UK is dealing with a lot of challenges related to what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. So I thank Charlie for his time. As always, it's very good to hear his insight. You can get more if you go to his website, go over to keycitycapital.com, check it out, give him a ring. He's actually an accountant by background. So he kind of really helps to manage people's money and put them in in vehicles that perhaps you might not have thought of. So again, uh, keycitycapital.com is where you would find him. Thank you so much to all of you for listening. It's great to have have you here. I do have to feed Fluffy his dinner. So I'm going to go do that. But I just want to remind you how much I appreciate your support. I would love it if you would subscribe to this channel, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes and Spotify, by the way, go to Spotify. It's free as well on Spotify and on Apple iTunes. And then the video, of course, being on YouTube and on Rumble. And I will see you on Monday. Have a good one.